What's up, everybody? This is John Neighbors, and I am the host of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can listen from 6 to 9 every morning, Monday through Friday, on hitthatline.com. Be sure to check it out. Today is going to be a fun show. We're going to make a case, I should say, for Arkansas winning eight games. That's right. You heard me correctly. Arkansas winning eight games. Now, tomorrow we'll do a different show where we will make the case for why Arkansas will lose eight games. So don't get too crazy. Don't start yelling things at me saying I'm a homer and I'm an idiot and, you know, stick to your regular insults if you're going to do that. But we're going to make that case today. I'm also going to get into a little bit of why SEC quarterback controversies that have been going on among the conference isn't necessarily a good sign for the quarterback play in this conference as in then. Very special guest at the end of the show. Great interview with Tara Talmadge of Pig Trail Nation. Really looking forward to talking with her. Not only about Razorback football, but just about random things that come into our minds and we just make it work. So should be a lot of fun. Should be something that uh, she hopefully is prepared for because who knows what is going to be said by me. We'll see, but uh, we'll play it by ear on that. But appreciate everybody listening in the podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast where you can do so on iTunes. We're also going to be having Google Play up here shortly. So I know a lot of people have been asking about that, but I'll make sure that as soon as we have those links fixed, I will be tweeting those out as well. So let's start with making a case for Arkansas winning eight games this season. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I don't think they're going to win eight games. In fact, if they won eight games, it would probably be the coaching job of a lifetime by Chad Morris. And you can start booking your reservations for an SEC Western title to go play in the SEC championship game. Like, that's the type of thing. If Chad Morris won eight games this year, I think it would be that impressive. So, since it's not going to happen, I'm at least going to make a case for it. And the first place I'm going to start is schedule. The schedule is very favorable for Arkansas. In fact, it's probably as favorable of a schedule that Arkansas has ever had, at least since the 2000s. Because if you're looking at overall the Razorback SEC schedule, which I know is going to be tough no matter what, because there's opponents you can't avoid. You can't avoid playing in the SEC West. So that's going to be tough. But if you are going to have your toughest games at home, which I think in these cases, at least Arkansas has some of their toughest games at home, that's very helpful. For instance, you have Texas A&M, of course, in Jerry World. That's a neutral site game. But Alabama, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, and LSU. All those games are in Arkansas. Of course, Ole Miss game being in Little Rock. So Alabama and LSU are going to be two tough games. You're not beating Alabama no matter where you play them. You can play them on the moon. You're not going to beat them. But LSU at home? I like the chances a little more. Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, two teams that are struggling, two teams that may not be that great this year. I like your chances in those games. And then your SEC East opponent being Vanderbilt instead of being a better team in the SEC East is very big for the team's chances. At Mississippi State, at Missouri, eh, at Auburn's going to be tough. And at Mississippi State, I will say it's going to be tough. I'm not trying to make light of it, but it, it could be a lot worse. And it has been a lot worse in previous years. Your non-conference games, instead of playing at Michigan, of course, you replace them with Colorado State at Colorado State, who's not a very good team. They got beat pretty handily by Hawaii. I don't know if Arkansas is going to beat them, but it's an easier game than playing at Michigan. I'll say that. Eastern Illinois, North Texas, and Tulsa. Folks, this is the easiest schedule Arkansas football has had in quite some time. And so having that easy schedule, it's going to be beneficial for Arkansas to really 
really take advantage of it. In the first few games, especially the first three games where you play Eastern Illinois, then at Colorado State, then North Texas, the first three weeks are against teams that are very beatable. And for a team that's still having to figure things out, the way that the offense is going to roll, the way the defense is going to be looking at it and the talent and maneuvering people around, that's as good as it gets where you can still figure those things out and also still win the game because you're just a more talented, better team. So Arkansas schedule sets up about as favorable of any schedule that you could possibly have given the circumstance. All right, the next point of why Arkansas will win eight games is because I think they have hidden talent on this team. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. Hidden talent with guys like maybe a Sosa Aguin, who's a really good player, but a guy that hasn't really been living up to his potential, which I think he can with John Chavis. A guy like that, Scooter Harris and Dre Greenlaw, Guys will be able to step it up. Randy Ramsey being put in a position to be successful. Santos Ramirez. Ryan Pulley. Guys like that. Putting them in a position to be successful is what this coaching staff is going to do. They don't make this team fit their strategies and their philosophy. They see the cards they're dealt and they're going to adapt to this team's strength. And I think that there's talent. And that was just on the defensive side of the ball. Now, the offensive side may be a little tougher to come by. Because on offensive line, you have a bunch of unknowns with no depth. That's going to be a problem. But who's to say that the running back core isn't going to be one of the better ones in the SEC? Devwall Whaley, you've seen his talent. He's a four-star coming out of high school. I know that doesn't matter on the field in college football. But dude's good. Chase Hayden, dude's good. TJ Hammond, you saw flashes of him. He's good. Rakeem Boyd. Last chance you. He's good. You got some great running backs. Quarterback situation, eh, you got Cole Kelly. Doesn't look too favorable, but you know what? This coaching staff will be able to make sure, okay, Cole, if you're not feeling comfortable throwing downfield, guess what? We're not going to make you throw downfield. Cole, if you don't feel comfortable moving around in the pocket, guess what? We're not going to make you move around in the pocket too much. It's going to be what can Cole do and what could be his strengths and utilize it. I think that they can do that. Wide receivers, they have a bunch of them. But do they have any of them that are willing to step up? I like Jared Cornelius. I like Jonathan Nance. I think those are a couple of guys that will really be able to have an impact. Starting off, Davion Warren, game breaker, also playing the kick return. I like his style. Tight end position, Cheyenne O'Grady, Jeremy Patton, Austin Cantrell. Solid guys. Solid guys that could be able to make some plays. So if you just are banking on the fact that Coach Morris can at least put these guys in a very, very good perspective in a very good position why can't they take that next step why can't they be a team that comes out and wins eight games with this favorable schedule makes sense to me and the final point is that one i why i think this team might be able to win eight games is because a lot of the reasons that they were so bad last season besides just poor coaching was just not being prepared not being able to have adjustments made and not being put in positions where they can be successful. Now, I say that, I phrase a lot. Trust me, I know, because people probably hear that. I say a lot, but it's true. If this team can just be more well-prepared, not have stupid penalties, not crumble in the fourth quarter, not give up, not any of those things, they're going to be okay. In fact, they're going to be more than okay because those are easy fixes for a coaching staff. Now, when I say easy, it takes time, but once it's fixed, it stays fixed. It's not something that's going to be a recurring problem. If you fix it, it's fixed. No buts about it. So can they do those things? 
being well prepared, going into halftime, making the adjustments. If you're going up against a team there, you have some mismatches, utilizing those mismatches and being able to bring it every single game, not being intimidated by anybody, not giving up, playing hard for your coach, for your team, for your state, for your university, whatever, playing hard for it and finishing the fourth quarter. That's what this team needs to do. And if they do that, mixed in with the easier schedule, mixed in with the hidden talent, having a chip on their shoulder because they know that everyone's picked against them, why can't this team win eight games? Is that too much to ask? I don't think that's the case. Look for Arkansas to do it, folks. It could really, really happen this year. I'm not picking them to, but it could. And if they do... Let's get Chad Morris a nice little raise. You won't like it, but if he starts winning, he'll be worth every penny. We're going to switch it up and start talking about the SEC quarterback situation here on the other side of the break. But before I do, I got to tell you, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. And usually it's what team to bet on this week. And the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know... You got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend this service to all my listeners because you guys have been so good to me over the years. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie because when you win, they pay. They have in game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE. That's promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate your offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim your bonus. You win, you play, you get paid. You play, you win, you get paid. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on to the next part of the podcast. We're going to have a quick segment here as well, dealing with the SEC quarterback situation. Now, a few quarterbacks were named in the SEC earlier this week as far as the starters for some quarterback controversies among other teams. Now, you think that, well, it's just maybe the lesser teams no one cares about. But no, you have places like Florida. You had places like Alabama. You had places like LSU who had quarterback controversies. And for the most part, a lot of them were named starters. And it started making me think about the old adage of people saying that the SEC just doesn't have the great quarterback play like they may have in the Big 12 or in the Big 10 or even in the Pac-12. ACC especially. SEC is really down on the totem pole when it comes to successful quarterbacks. And I think that there's something to be said about that in certain situations, maybe in certain eras. But this era, I'm going to have to agree with them. I don't think the quarterback situation is great in the SEC. Now, you got got somebody like Jared Stidham at Auburn. Fine quarterback. You also have Drew Locke at Missouri, who I think is a fine quarterback too. But Derek Dooley being his offensive coordinator and being put in the pro style instead of the hurry-up spread style that he was really successful in, I think that's going to hurt him. And I don't think that's going to be a a very good marriage between Derek Dooley and Drew Locke for the Missouri Tigers. So that's something to be watching for. And the other only other quarterback situation I think that you could maybe make a case for is Jake Bentley at South Carolina. I think he's a good player, but Will Muschamp is he just hasn't shown me enough, especially in the I think his defenses are good. But on the offensive side of the ball, I, I want to see something. I want to see 
some type of offense that is able to put points on the board, that's able to be consistent, that's had to have good quarterback play mixed in with a, a very aggressive but very successful rushing attack. And then I'll start to believe it. But right now, Jake Bentley, as good as he's been, I need to see more from him. I want to see more from him. And that's not to say that he can't be a good quarterback because that's I think that's unfair for me to even come out there and say. But you're playing in the East. You have a little bit of an easier path to it. I won't say an easiest, but you have an easier path to it. And if you just look at the numbers from Jake Bentley last year, he threw for 2,800 yards, essentially, completed 62% of his passes, 18 touchdowns, 12 picks, lower the interceptions, up the touchdowns, and you'll be all right. But only seeing 18 touchdowns with nearly 3,000 yards passing can be taken a lot of ways. What I see is that he has easy short passes. He doesn't go downfield a lot. I think there, there were cases where he went down the field, but... I want to see how he's developed as a player, and then maybe I'll start to believe it. So anyways, those are the main quarterbacks that people will point to and say, hey, they're pretty good. Now, Tua over there at Alabama could be the guy, or if it ends up being Jalen Hurts, he could be the guy. You know, Who's to say one way or the other? But besides that, you just have a bunch of unknowns in quarterback play. And if the SEC is any semblance of what it's been in the past few years in quarterback play, that could legitimately pose a problem. And Arkansas is one of those teams that – you don't really feel good about it. So if that's the case, then I feel like the SEC in general will be looked down upon from other people when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I still feel like they're going to have a team that wins the national championship. And in the Georgia situation, I'd like to see that because, listen, I love Jim Chaney as much as the next guy, I guess, as an offensive coordinator. But is there any reason to look at him and say, hey, he knows how to develop quarterbacks. He knows how to put guys in positions of where they're going to go out there and they're going to sling it. Still need to see more from old Jim Cheney. I think Georgia will be a fine team, a fire team, a team that will be able to come out and probably win the SEC East and win the SEC. At least they'll be the only team legitimately that can challenge a team like Alabama in physicality and talent. There's no question about it. Their recruiting classes have been absolutely insane. So I'll be looking forward to that, and I'm sure it'll be Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game again. But there's just too many unknowns with the quarterback situation. So I guess that's a silver lining for you Razorback fans because it's not like the rest of the conference is surpassing you in quarterback play. And this was something I even brought up on my show this morning on the Morning Rush. Arkansas has been very lucky to have their previous four starting quarterbacks. And when I mean starter, I mean they're legit guys, not because of injury. But their past four quarterbacks have been Ryan Mallett, Tyler Wilson, Brandon Allen, Austin Allen. There has not been a stretch in Razorback football history where you've had that many great quarterbacks back to back to back to back. Now, some were better than others. I'm not to say Austin Allen was the most amazing quarterback, but he was definitely one of the better quarterbacks that didn't get enough credit. If he would have had an offensive line that could actually block for him and helped him out, he could have been greater. Maybe even even had uh, a wide receiver core that was a little more talented. Maybe if Brandon Allen and Austin Allen both had Bobby Petrino coaching them instead of Brett Bielma, they also would have been a lot better quarterbacks. So that's neither here nor there. My point is, is that Arkansas fans have gotten used to having a quarterback. They didn't always have a defense. They didn't always have the best rushing attack. They always have wide receivers, but dadgummit, they had quarterbacks. Who would have ever thought that? This year, not seeing it. Could change my mind. Master Cole Kelly, Ty Stewart, hey, change my mind. Let me know if you guys are going to be that next thing. But I just don't see it. People got spoiled. Razorback fans got spoiled, and rightfully so. That is definitely the case. But either way, we're going to have to wait and see how this is all going to play out. But the SEC, not that great in the quarterback position. Great everywhere else, but not in the quarterback position.
We're going to be joined by the beautiful Tara Talmadge on the other side of the break of the Pig Trail Nation. But before we get to that, the wait is nearly over, folks. Football is almost here, and that means it's fantasy football season, and FanDuel has never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. If you don't believe us and you don't believe them, how's this sound? This season, FanDuel is running a free $250,000 Survivor Contest. This is the biggest free Survivor Contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week, and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. This locks before week one, so don't miss your chance and sign up now. I'm not a huge fantasy guy. I used to enjoy it, but I just kind of lost interest because it seemed like the same regurgitated crap all the time. And that's why I love FanDuel is because they have things that I can do where I don't have to worry about having the same players every single week and having to go through the same league with the same people. They have so many different things for you to choose from. So if you're not a big fantasy person like me, try it out, check it out, and see what they got for you. To get all into that free $250,000 Survivor Contest, Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Plus, new users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, as we enter into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, I have a very special guest joining me on the show. Her name is Tara Talmadge. She's of the Prig Trail Nation. And Tara, I, I don't want to say you're new to Razorback sports media, but you're new-ish. Right. When, like, isn't that about right? New-ish, yeah. So uh, my one year was in April. So I'm still the newest one on our on our Pig Trail Nation team, that's for sure. But I wouldn't say new necessarily to the media i think there are newer people now now i'm one of the like wouldn't say veterans but i'm getting there <laughs> i know like when i when i first joined it uh the arkansas media i was literally the youngest by far and yeah. uh now it's just like new people coming in and new faces i went to the press conference the other day and there's people i didn't even recognize so yeah uh, it seems like it's no, ever it's- it seems like it's ever changing so well just to give everybody a little bit of background obviously uh you've been doing it for a while now you've been living mm-hmm. in arkansas for a while now so just kind of tell everybody basically if someone was to walk up and say who are you tara what would your response be okay well i am from houston texas i basically lived in midland texas the middle of the nowhere desert right outside of lubbock basically (laughs) for two years then came here been here for almost a year and a half now so i'd say it's going pretty well um happy to be out of midland no offense (laughs) who's gonna Uh, take offense to that i think everybody will agree midland texas was rough but arkansas is great i love it here uh love all the outdoorsy stuff getting to go to these games is fun i i had never been to an sec football game before i had this job so arkansas is officially my my team for the sec well i know that a lot of razorback fans will appreciate that so just well you kind of answered my question my next question at least a little bit but when yeah. moving into arkansas when what is it about it that you love obviously you come from midland it doesn't take much but uh, you said you you know from the houston area or, you know know a lot about the east so what is it about arkansas that you really like and appreciate by it 
Oh, well, I mean, I love all the green. That's always nice. And it's very outdoorsy. There's a lot of hills. I love the small community as well that comes along with Fayetteville. It's it's a small town, but it doesn't entirely revolve around the university. Like you can still drive outside about 10, 15 minutes and, and be in a completely different area, basically. And hey, I mean, we're getting a top golf in Rogers. Right. I think that's pretty solid. We're, we're moving up. It's, it's Everyone's like, it's slowly becoming a little bit more like Austin, Texas, which I, I love as well. So uh, it's it's been great. Yeah, Austin, Texas is, is actually a really cool place. And I, I try to compare it to Fayetteville was always just a smaller version of, yeah. uh, of Austin, Texas. And uh, and Fayetteville is, of course, my home, so I'm always going to be partial to that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so being from the area and in Texas, did you – a Houston girl obviously were you a Houston sports fan all the sports oh, yeah. teams there well so uh growing up my dad always worked in sports so he worked for the Houston Arrows which no longer exist sadly he worked for the Houston Rockets and the Houston Texans and so I grew up around sports those are all my teams uh I love them obviously when I was growing up though the Houston Texans weren't a thing yet they weren't created so picked another team and uh now i'm now i'm stuck between two that i love <laughs> well i mean it must have been a pretty good year for you with your astros then and you know what they yeah. were able to accomplish yeah. so did you get to go yeah. to any games down there for that world no, series i wish uh no i didn't get to go to any of the games but i watched a lot of them um i'm not gonna lie though i was never a huge baseball fan until you know last two years i kind of caught on to it it was just never my sport so but a bandwagon person is who you are then is that what you're saying what <laughs> you're a bandwagon person is that right oh no 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 <laughs> no i caught on honestly the the atmosphere of covering arkansas's baseball team made me enjoy yeah baseball yeah i guess i was just never really i never went to many games or anything so it's one of those things you gotta you gotta have a team and Honestly, growing up, I, I never really watched the Astros that much. So, uh, bandwagon, sure, you can call it that, whatever you want. I'm still supporting <laughs> them, though. <laughs> hey, that's fine because, see, I'm, I'm kind of the same way where I grew up playing baseball. I didn't necessarily like watching baseball, but when you're around the Razorback baseball team because you actually have a team to root for, a team to watch right. growing up, it helps you enjoy the sport in general uh, a little more. And so, uh, I was appreciative. And of course, it also helps when the Razorbacks are good at baseball, which they definitely are. Well. So, yeah, that yeah. definitely helps. So, well, let's just move on and talk a little bit about the Razorbacks, not the baseball team. Maybe we'll wait for that for a few <laughs> more months. But the football team uh, going into this season has been a big week. I know that you guys at the Big Trail Nation have been doing a great job of covering them. And I know you guys have been well, talking about them and everything, especially my boy Mike Irwin, try to keep him in check. <laughs> so, if with the whole team and now that Cole Kelly is apparently going to be the guy at quarterback, I don't, I don't know, because when I heard that Cole Kelly was a starter, it didn't change my mind. It didn't make no. me move the needle one way or the other. It's like, oh, now this team's going to be able to do this. It just seemed like, all right, well, let's see what he's got. What do you think about the quarterback situation right now, now that Cole Kelly's the guy, and do you think he will be the whole the guy the whole entire season? I mean, that's the interesting part. I'm kind of with you on the fact that, you know, neither one of those guys becoming the starter would have really changed my opinion. I don't think... And that's kind of unfortunate. I do think they're both good in their own right, but I don't think that one of them is just going to be insanely better than the other. Uh, it's just kind of pick your poison. What do you want to go with? I do think that Cole Kelly should be the starter, though. I'm I'm a fan of that. You got the brains versus brawn thing. Fact <laughs> is, he is a big dude. 
He can yeah. see over people. He's got an arm, and he's hard to take down. That to me, I mean, it's hard to beat. Well, especially with the guy that can be compared to Ryan Mallett, which you know a lot of Razorback yeah. fans are all about, and they seem like they have a lot of similarities. But I guess the thing that I kind of wonder is, okay, is this the quarterback? Is this Cole Kelly because yeah. he was able to separate himself from the other quarterbacks that much, or is it more by default where? They didn't really have anybody else ready, and since Cole Kelly has the most game experience, well, I guess we just go with them. I, I'm kind of getting that vibe a little bit. Yeah, Are you? a little bit. And, I mean, that also does help, the experience factor as well. Um, but, I mean, who, if, if Ty Story is your best other option and, and it's because of the fact that he knows the playbook well, that's that's not good because he knowing playbook is a part of it, but it is just a, a very small part of the quarterback's job. You got to be able to judge things. You got to be able to see the ball and see where it's going to go. And, and I mean, that's just, that's difficult. And so, yeah, I I do think that it's kind of, you got to work with what you got. Maybe they're going to bring in a couple new guys. They're going to try and, you know, test out story a little bit. I do think that he'll see some game time at some point. The, The funny thing to me about the whole quarterback situation though, is that Chad Moore's multiple times brought up Dalton Hyatt and, he wasn't even in the conversation though the other day and that was I was kind of confused about that whole situation and why he kept saying you know y'all aren't talking about him I don't know why you're not talking about Dalton Hyatt but yeah we'll see if he gets any game time this season I have no idea well that made me kind of think of he was just trying to play some games some mind games you know just trying to make sure that everybody understood that every quarterback's getting a fair shake no matter what and I right. guess no, since nobody asked him, I think that's why he brought it up. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see him having any playing time. But of course, yeah. uh, wouldn't surprise me either way. Well, we can at Chad Morris himself. Uh, I like to ask everybody about their impressions of Chad Morris, and you know, it's early. He hasn't coached a single game as a Razorback football coach, but it seems like he's done a lot of good things in trying to get the culture and the winning uh, tradition back to Arkansas. And I think he's done a good job so far, at least in the things mm-hmm. that he could. What's your overall impression of Chad Morris? I'm a big fan of Chad Morris. Um, I mean, obviously, I went to Texas and did that whole week-long kind of tour of Texas to to learn about him and meet some of the coaches that he used to work with in his high school days, went to his hometown. All of that gave me a very good impression of who he is as a person and a coach. And the fact that everyone still respects him is a big factor for me. I think that Chad Morris is great. He's really changed around that program. I think it needed some life to it. It's, I mean, if you've been out to any of the practices, you can tell, like, they're just more hyped up. They're, they just seem excited. And when you talk to these guys about all the changes that are going on, sometimes those can be daunting, but these guys are actually, like, embracing it. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of Chad Morris and what he's doing with the team. And obviously, you know, the SMU situation, some people weren't insanely impressed with it, which I guess I can understand. But having known that program, it is hard to win there. <laughs> So the fact that he turned it around in just two seasons is a huge deal. Yeah, I think it's going to be huge for them and also what they're going to be able to accomplish this season. I'm not expecting much. I don't think any realistic fan or realistic person is expecting much out of Arkansas. I think a bowl game would be considered a success. What's your outlook for this season as far as wins and losses go? I do think they'll make it to a bowl game. Um, You know, there's always a few games that, you expect them to win, but they won't, and that you don't expect them to win, but they will. 
it, it always changes, but uh, I do think they'll make it to a bowl game. I, I think they'll get at least six wins. I do think I'm, I've already called it. I, we've been talking about this in the office for the past couple of days. I think this is the year that they beat A&M. That's my bold prediction mm. for this year. I'm good. <laughs> wow. I will see. Here's the thing. Growing up as a Razorback fan, like I did, um, I, I was happy when Arkansas and A&M started playing each other. Arkansas went three and zero against them to start the series, mm-hmm. and now they've gone zero and six. So it's it's been a rough go, and I really don't like A&M. Yeah. At no, all. <laughs> and and that's another thing. You know, I don't think a lot of people are well. The realistic ones are are expecting that much from this team, but Chad Morris has to know that if he can beat A&M, that's going to look so good on him. Oh, it's a huge, it's a game changer. I think that if, yeah. if they go one and seven in conference at that one win is against Texas A&M, yeah. it makes all the difference in the world. I agree. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing too, is with a, the Aggies, there's just something about them. I think it's the history probably from the Southwest conference when these two teams right. were big rivals that it just adds a little extra flavor for why Razorback fans want to beat Texas A&M. Now, so, um, a lot of people are saying that, okay, just make it to a bowl game and be successful. So I'm going to ask you this, is looking at different ends of the spectrum. Where would you be more shocked by if the Arkansas win eight, wins eight games or if they lose eight games? Ooh. Uh, I'd be surprised if they lose eight games, to be honest, just because of the fact that, I, I mean, you can't change the West. It is what it is. It's difficult. But their schedule is pretty favorable. It's not easy, but it's it's a good layout. I'll say that. Um, so, I mean, you're hosting Alabama. You're you've got Ole Miss in in Little Rock. Then you've got Vandy at home as well. I do think that they can win more than than not. I think so too. I, I I like them to be more successful than what people are expecting. Not to say they'll be a great team, but I still think that. Uh, they can always find some type of positivity in this season when it comes to the wins and losses. Tara Talmadge of the Big Trail Nation is our guest right now on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Okay, Tara, so we're going to mix it up a little bit because enough about football talk. You know, that's, that's boring to people. They want to know, and I want to know, some things about football season itself because I enjoy tailgating. And yep. I know that somebody in your position, you may not get the opportunities to tailgate as much because you're doing this thing called work on game yeah, days. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, which is really <laughs> unfortunate. So as far as tailgating goes, though, if that wasn't a thing, if you didn't have to worry about working during a tailgate or whatever, what would you look at and say, this is my perfect tailgate? What's your perfect tailgate for a fall football game on a beautiful day? What's what's the perfect Tara Talmadge's tailgate? Okay, well, first off, you got to have some good food. That's like Important. overall number one good food. And then some shade because it's it's real hot and good seats, some enough seating for everyone. And then you got to just have some good people to be around. But, uh, you know, maybe it maybe a TV. That would be pretty ideal as well. Because I don't know. I, I know that sometimes, you know, I would just tailgate and, and just <laughs> yeah. watch the game on a on a TV at the at the tailgate instead of going into the game. So. That's always a nice option to have. And, and of course, you, most people feel like you have to have beer at a tailgate. Right? Yeah. I mean, that that definitely helps. Yeah. That's that's an added bonus as well. <laughs> Got to have something to drink. Yeah. Well, because it's always one of those things that I, I like to mess with people and say, all right, if you had a tailgate, what would you rather not have? Would you rather have no meat at your tailgate or no beer at Ooh. your tailgate? Ooh. Yeah. Think about that one. <laughs> that's, that's a difficult one. Ooh. I think... I think I'd go with the no meat 
actually. Okay. Then you can always have chips. I love chips and queso. Oh, yes. There's so many other things oh, yes. I can work with. <laughs> See, that's 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 how I look at it too. Because I'm like, if you're if you can you can make it work with yeah. food without meat. Obviously, you'd love to have meat, and that's kind of the big. But you, like you said, you can have the sides. You can have little uh, finger foods and stuff like that uh, yeah. lying around. So you know, okay. So we're on the same page there. So <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this: another random question. Got it. Favorite football movie. One that gets you pumped up for the season. Oh, I mean, remember the Titans is still just great. Like, of course. I hate to be so stereotypical, but that movie is just <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, uh, I love We Are Marshall, too, even though that's a really sad movie. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. But it's such a good movie, too. So I, I'd still go with Remember the Titans, though. Okay. See, well, I, I was doing my top three uh, on this morning on my show, and... I said Remember the Titans is kind of my number one. I like to go with Rudy, a little classic, a little underdog okay. story that I like. My third one, though, I get a lot of crap for, but it's fine because I know it's a terrible movie, but I enjoy it anyway, <laughs> and it's Varsity Blues. Oh, okay. Yeah, which, you know, I like to make fun of people who hate that movie because a lot of them are people from Texas, and they think that that's like the most stereotypical <laughs> Texas movie. Like That's how everybody is in Texas is just terrible accents and yep. living, breathing football, which I think is partially true, but I think it's a great movie. I, yeah. It's, it's not entirely uh, not true. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, it may be a little exaggerated, but it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely got some truth to it at least. So stereotypes yeah, exist for a reason. That's the only thing I'm saying. So, uh, okay. So another thing this now, this is really weird and that's, this is what this podcast is about. It's about getting weird with it. All right. Got so it. in the fall, I am somebody who, if I, I'm sensitive to smells and there are certain smells in the fall where I'm like, yeah, falls here. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, what is your fall smell? Is it is it pumpkin? Is it you have the smell of like a bonfire? Is it leaves? Like what what is the smell that you that hits you and you're like, yeah, falls here. I mean, I do like the pumpkin stuff, but I've all of the like apple kind of warm spices stuff. Those I love. Okay. That's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Cause see, I think I think of the cinnamon part. I think it's more like the Christmassy, wintery thing. Yeah, but. probably. But it still reminds me of it yeah. for some reason. And also, I mean, don't I have no shame. I'll, I'm going to get a pumpkin spice latte here in a bit for sure. That's wow. Also how, okay. Me of how mom, how but. basic are you right now? Like what? A pumpkin spice latte? Oh I, yeah. I, I'm assuming it's from Starbucks. Always, yeah. Of course. They're yeah. bringing it back early this year, okay? For That's how big like of a deal this is. <laughs> Just for people like you, so you can go out there and you can get it early. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw that, too. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of pumpkin spice, though. I like the smell, but I don't like the taste of it in my coffee, so... Uh, guess, his own. Yeah, that's right. Agree to disagree <laughs> on that. So, all right, another one. This is, again, I know you're big on social media, too. So, would you rather... Let's play a little would you rather. Would you rather be Instagram famous or Twitter famous? Twitter. 100%. Wow. So that, see, because I feel like a lot of people would rather be Instagram famous because it's just so easy because you throw a picture up and it's done. Yeah, but, but why would but you rather be Twitter famous? I, I love Twitter. I think it's so much fun to talk with people. And, and I think the reach, or at least mine on Twitter, is, is much greater than it is on Instagram. Uh, and also, that means... If it's Twitter, I can just throw something up. I can just say whatever I want. But if it's Instagram, then I got to take a picture and I got to post it. I don't know. There's just a lot. I don't take pictures that often. Oh, so yeah, you got to put up the filters and make sure that the lighting's right. And yeah, all that, all, all, all that it's stuff. Way too much effort. Way yeah. too much effort now. 
Yeah, seriously. Well, <laughs> well the thing is, is like I, I'm, you know, I'm on Twitter a lot too, and I, I, mm-hmm. I would rather be Twitter famous because I'm yeah. like you. I don't take a lot of pictures, and when I do, it's usually like of stuff that like like my dog or something like that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I just I don't. I agree with you though, as far as the interaction part of it, I I enjoy it a lot more. I'm just always find it funny because no one cares about Facebook at all anymore. Yeah, I pretty much have it just to remember people's birthdays, which. <laughs> might not sound that great but i forget people's birthdays way too often so that's why i have it still it's it's sad because i'm the same way and yeah. I, I like feel obli- but do you feel obligated to wish someone a happy birthday when it shows up on facebook and you like kind of you know them but not really know them so it's like you know, no do you feel obligated that's the funny part is is about a year ago i realized i had way too many friends on facebook and i was like no way i still know all of you people so i just like instead of going through and you know unfriending a bunch of people i just wait till their birthday pops up and then if i don't really want to wish you a happy birthday that means we're probably not that great of friends so that's how i've started to dwindle down my facebook account <laughs> it's probably it might not sound kind of like a cruel thing to do on someone's birthday but no, no, I think that that's just, a, it's a friendly reminder just to remember to, on social media, only have the people you actually know or care about as part of your circle. And, exactly. You know, and yeah. it was way too big at one point. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And I'm sure you probably get it worse than I do, but sometimes there's people on Facebook that are messaging me and commenting on my stuff that I'm like, I don't know who you are, and I feel like that's really weird. <laughs> exactly. So, so you got to try and weed those out a little bit. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So, all right. Well, it was a lot of fun. Tara, Tara Talmadge. You can follow her on Twitter at Tara Talmadge of the Pig Trail Nation. She also has a website, apparently, which uh, that shows how big of a deal she is. TaraTalmadge.com. Did not know that, but she has a website. You can go check her out. And she's a great follow on Twitter. Really appreciate you joining us, Tara. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to catch up with you later down the football season. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.